Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. This is a podcast that talks uh, primarily about success and uh, success-oriented principles. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Matt, the uh, creator of Time Wheel. Thank you for joining me, Matt. How are you doing today, sir? Yo, doing good. Thanks. Glad to be back. Yes, this is uh, episode two of, of our, mm-hmm. you know, you coming on the show. I think this is, uh, what would that be called? Round two, I guess, round two. And I was just on your podcast, the Time yeah. Wheel podcast. Yeah, Zian Archive. Zian Archive. Mm-hmm. Definitely check that out. Lots of fascinating conversations about the metaphysical and you know, probably success and a lot of different things. You, why don't you tell us mm-hmm. uh, a little bit about? Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about the pod for a sec. Um, I've, you know, similarly to you, been a longtime listener of podcasts and uh, love to kind of express my creativity through podcasts and speech and just sharing ideas. So. I have hosted a number of podcasts in the past, one of which was the Time Wheel podcast, um, another of which was Over Your Head, which I was kind of more of a co-host to, and uh, Game Time Entertainment were the primary host to that one. I also used to run this one called the Psychedelic Spirituality Podcast, and now I started my own where it's kind of just based on me and my interests and the people I find interesting. and. Um, the conversations that I personally want to have, and that one's called Zian Archive, uh, X-I-A-N Archive, and it's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the big ones, just like yours. And on it, I really go in on insights brought up by spiritual practices, psychedelics, plant medicines, and just philosophy in general um, about life and how we get where we are and where we're going and uh, how to discover, you know, deeper meaning in our life. Because I think that's a big part of the reason we're here is to find out why we're here. Um, It's not just to play video games, believe it or not. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Life is our our very own video game, virtual reality Mm -hmm. uh, in the flesh. Uh, You seem to be a very positive spirit got a lot of positivity flowing through you where do you how do you keep that type of an attitude and uh in in business and life um probably meditation and sauna breath work ice baths just kind of like grounding activities i really like to experience the now as much as possible and in the now, you can find joy, you can find inspiration, you can find hope, you can find all these things that are positive. It's Mm. in the past and looking towards the future that you tend, that most people tend, and I as well, tend to kind of, you know, 
get a little anxiety or get a little frustration. It's about what could happen or what happened before. Um, but when I'm here now, I feel good, you know, and I just try to remain present as much as I can. And um, that practice is, you know, a 10 year unfolding and I'm sure it's got 10 more years ahead of it uh, to be learning how to maintain that state as frequently as possible. I'm certainly not in it all the time and I do get frustrated and I do get sad mm -hmm. and these types of things. But as much as I can remember what to do when I feel those feelings, you know, let's take some breaths. You're frustrated. Take some breaths. You, you're sad. Meditate. Be grateful. Think, count your blessings. Um, those things, if you can learn to integrate them in your life and um, call to them when you're in need, you can stay on kind of a mostly positive mental attitude. And that's a good kind of segue into positive mental attitude, which is a book that you actually just bought me. And I really mm. appreciate it. Um, it's called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude by Napoleon Hill. And yeah. uh, it's really on point. It's just like, yo, a positive mental attitude attracts the right things to you, the right people, the right circumstances, the right events. Uh, a negative mental attitude repels them. It pushes people away. It pushes, you know, success away. It pushes, you know, positivity and things that could otherwise bring you great results. Just it pushes it away and you're the one doing it through your negative mental attitude. It's like, it's all in our control. And if we just own up to the control we have of our life, um, we can live better and create more meaningful experiences for ourselves and others through that. And yeah, be happy because that's the whole mm -hmm. point here. We just, we want to feel good. We want to be happy. Yeah. I think a life is a lot easier when you look at it with the positive, you know, mental attitude side of the coin on the up because you know, when it's, when you're negative, it's draining of energy. It's like depressing, deflating. And then the positive is powerful and inflated. You're ready to go energized that, you know, ready to solve problems, not complain and be optimistic and hopeful mm -hmm. and have faith that the future is bright and you're, you know, going to be in it, hopefully in the now, you know, a lot of us spend a lot of time, like you said, in the past and in the future right. thinking. Some people, I guess a lot of people overthink, think all the time. How yeah, does, we think do... that thinking is us, but <laughs> it's not us. It's just we have to think of thoughts as ideas competing for our attention. We don't have oh. to give it our attention. We don't have to pretend that that's really happening right now. You know, it's so, it's so funny how it'll feel like something is happening just because you're having a thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of gross. And like when you get jealous, for instance, if mm -hmm. you think about, you know, someone you love with someone else or whatever, mm -hmm. and like it's, they're right there with you in the now, yeah. but in your mind there was someone else or, you know, and this, that's an example. There's a thousand different ones, right. but um, that, like you said, it makes you feel like it's happening now and, and it's not. And it's a weird idea. It's like an idea competing for your attention. And if you give it the attention and feed it, it gets worse. And I mean, I personally don't like 
to, th- I mean, I, I, I listened to Eckhart Tolle, yeah. you know, and, and he was talking about how he's just, just overthink and overthink and to the point where it was like causing all of this insomnia and anxiety. And like, he had like this breaking point mm-hmm. to the, where he, it, his brain just like malfunctioned and according to the story and he just like stopped thinking Mm -hmm. and it and he went into this state of bliss that was that you know because he wasn't analyzing everything constantly he had a moment to just witness this present moment and and in all of its awe you know it's it is a magnificent experience to just be and like look around and be like, holy shit, like this is all real. Right. You know, and I mean, I, so I tend to try to mimic his teachings of the non thought practice to really be in the now. But, you know, I think there's pros and cons. You can need to be, you need to think, yeah. right? On occasion, you have to think. Yeah, we have to we have to converse, and yeah, I know that state. And sometimes in that state, you'll you know maybe lose track of a detail, or you know get the the, the light is green and you're not going because you're just so in the now, right? You know, and um, yeah, it's really a, a when and where thing. There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time to not think. There's a time to think, but. It's certainly not time to think twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's over. That's overthinking and et cetera. Um, yeah, I remember that Eckhart Tolle story, where it was like you know he was depressed, he was depleted, he was completely run down. He was laying in bed. He didn't want to live mm-hmm. anymore. He was done. He was just yeah. done. And then something happened where he fell asleep and woke back up, and his thoughts were gone, and he was just like whoa hold on life is this beautiful like when without my thoughts telling me this that and the other thing if i just sit here on a park bench and look at the tree and feel the breeze like this is amazing like how have i been missing this it's right in front of me and i love that story because it's right in front of all of us literally peace is right where you are you just have to let go of your thoughts Become the observer. Stop feeling like every little thing that crosses your mind is true. Mm. And think of it as auditioning for your time, for your attention. And if you say, yeah, you fail the audition, you don't mm-hmm. have to follow that. You don't have to bring that into you as something that's happening or some way you have to think about, uh, some way you have to think, period. It's just... Um, finding moments daily to create space between thoughts. And that is meditation. And um, I was talking to my friend the other day about this, about how people won't meditate because they feel as if they're not meditating when they sit down because their thoughts won't turn off. But that's Mm -hmm. no reason to not sit and think, you know, like I want to kind of like rebrand meditation for beginners and say, Okay, sit down and close your eyes and just think. Because mm-hmm. when you say meditate, like it puts this like kind of big expectation on it that you're going to enter into blissful awareness. But maybe you're not practiced enough to enter blissful awareness. Maybe that takes five years 
of getting through your own thoughts and sorting through things before you enter blissful awareness even once. But that's no reason to not start, you know? So if someone can't start meditating or they they feel as if they fail at meditating because they sit down and they can't turn the thoughts off, well, just sit down and think with your eyes closed for 20 minutes each day. Eventually, you're going to start making discoveries about your thoughts. Eventually, you're going to start to say, whoa, I'm actually a little bit separate from my thoughts. But until you kind of practice and build that muscle up, there's no way for you to even begin. Um, So I just wanted to say, you know, instead of sit down and meditate, just sit down and think. Sometimes we just need to sit down, close our eyes and think because that will start the path of discovering what meditation is. Um, Because there is this unrealistic expectation that when you sit down and meditate, you're going to be Buddha and everything's going to be great and everything's going to be fine. But when you do that once, twice, three times, and you haven't felt any of that, you say, ah, fuck meditation. It's not, it's not doing shit for me, but it's because of your expectation of what is supposed to come of it. Not the process. Trust the process. Yeah, I was big into it for the longest time, and I feel like I got really good at it. And then I got really relaxed with the practice. And it wasn't until this morning. It's been quite a while since I've meditated. And I've actually been playing chess a lot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like really exercising a certain a different kind of part of the brain that is kind of more analytical i guess or something i don't know exactly where what it is but it's very um intriguing to me because the mind is is fascinating and i'm noticing within myself when i play like this thing happens like i'm like turned on and i'm really trying to focus and Mm -hmm. um that muscle I feel is, you know, another part of the brain and I've been exercising it to the point where I'm worn out, like exhausted, like I kind of like an addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I have like an addicted personality, but I'm, so I've been playing this game like an insane person <laughs> and I, I'm like, I got to chill. I need to like meditate and let my mind kind of process all of the data, I guess, or mm-hmm. that I've been taking in and and dreams are supposed to be that mechanism for processing data. But if you're like me or millions of other people across the world, sleep is less uh, consistent than you would like. Mm -hmm. And so supplementing sleep with meditation is key. And and that is somewhere that's where I was at. And I, I got in, to it pretty sweet pretty easy this morning but i didn't do it very long i only did it for like five minutes but i you like my body remembers what to do and my breathing pattern changed and i felt like just a lot of fluctuation within my body like brain kind of pumping feelings Mm -hmm. and i just i it brought it all back up you know because we all have good intentions we all want to be working out every day and meditating and doing yoga etc and then we do it but then so you know you go on a trip then you come (laughs) back and you're 
patterns or your routines are disrupted and you know it's mm-hmm. that's routine. where discipline comes in and it's a tough one because i deal with that too when we go on trips and you know like luckily this company she allows us to travel quite a bit and it's it's really awesome to get to see new places and reset your energy and the environment that you're in and the things you do each day um it is very beneficial but if you don't bring with you the discipline to bring that daily practice with you and back, it's easy to kind of lose the groove, you know, lose the groove of your meditation practice or your ice bath practice or whatever kind of daily thing that you do. Um, Discipline is a, is a motherfucker and it's one that you have to hone your whole life. You're never just going to get it, you know, like you have, it's like you have to keep resharpening the blade. Like the blade's going to get dull and you got to resharpen it. Like you're never just, have a sharp blade for all of infinity. <laughs> uh, right. Cause you're cutting with it every day. Right. And it's getting worn down and you need to take a moment to mm-hmm. for self care, you know, self care is huge. Like you were saying earlier about, yeah, like even like massages and yoga and ice baths. I, I was on the ice bath kick for a minute, good couple of months loving it. And in fact, I did one, this weekend, but oh, a shower, kind of like a you know, like a cold shower, but um, for a good like ten minutes too. But anyways, um, like I'm like it's winter. I don't yeah, know same. Ice. <laughs> I've done less ice baths because I'm already cold. <laughs> yeah, so when the summer comes, I feel like in that contrast also is something that the body kind of responds well to got you know hot cold mm-hmm. um the shock you right. maybe you get a little bit more out of it because if you're already cold and then you get into more cold um yeah, no yeah it's kind of crazy you, you don't get out and get warmer um but summer is like ice bath season i would say so you know at least let's take advantage of that and in the summer when it's easier to ice bath do it it's still a hard thing to do but it's easier than like it really is demanding um, in the winter. And I have done a handful, but it's yeah. been more on the like every 10 days than like twice a week. You know, I was for a while during the summer doing like a once to twice a week ice bath. And now it's like every two weeks or so. And, um, but that is because, damn, if it's not so hard to do when it's already cold out, you know, cause you're already out there freezing. You're like, wait, I'm going to get more cold, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, not today, my friend. It's and well, but then it all goes back to discipline and that just um, dedication to your goals and self improvement. I, I, I'm we all fall short in the eyes of the Lord, but <laughs> we strive, and you know, those are our own eyes, you know. The, the observer within I, so, you know, if anyone's living up even to their own expectations, I would be, I'd like, we to can't, see. we can't. It's yeah. a game in our mind that tells us we're never good enough. It's like, you can't ever really make it, which is a funny thing. And that's why we need to find contentness with what is and not, oh put our happiness into the future when we'll finally be there. You don't ever just get there. And it's not about getting there. It's about the journey. We have to remember Mm -hmm. it's the journey, not the destination because you're going to get, you know, if you're anyone, if you're an entrepreneur 
and you, you're really going after it, you're going to get what you're going after. If you really go after it, you're going to get it. But you're not just going to stop when you get there. You're not just going to be like, all right, I got it. I, my life's complete. I don't have to do anything now. You're, you're going to be like, uh, well, I got to do more. Got to do more. Got to do more. Like that's the ego pressing forward. And um, I don't think there's a problem with that. I think we just need to f- learn to find the little victories and, and remember to kind of be content with what is, if you can find the awareness for that. And it's tough to do, but meditation certainly helps. And well, reading spiritual texts help as well, well like the Tao. The Tao. And let me circle back to that in one second, because this is, um, there's an ancient mythological story about a, like a god named Sisyphus and his job was to push this boulder up the hill and every and i might be butchering it but every time he gets to the top of the hill it like falls back down and he has to push it back up again mm-hmm. and in, in in essence it never makes it to the top of the hill and in essence that is like our life mm-hmm. because uh you know it's just a con it's a constant battle and finding peace with that struggle for eternity is where you might find some happiness because if you're constantly complaining about pushing the rock up the hill bitch you got to push that's your fucking job like that is your eternity therefore you can either complain about it or find peace with it and then somehow you know find a passion for it or something and really go with it and yeah. and, and do the thing. I would say see the dance in it, you know? See the dance. Because you're going to go up the hill with this dance and you're going to go down the hill with this dance and even like washing dishes can be, you know, if you if you really like pay attention to the movements, it can become this type of dance and it's like you can find the fun sacredness in everyday activities if you have the awareness to do so um if you don't practice it then you know it's hard to stay in touch with that and find some type of fulfillment from that but i don't know part of me likes cleaning part of me likes doing the yards part of me likes watering the plants because there's this little bit of art form in everything you know like Mm -hmm. when i when i wash a dish like I really look at it from different angles and I try to get the light looking at it from, Hmm. you know, five different angles to make sure I got everything. And if I didn't, I'm not, cause it's very, I can remember a time when I used to just barely wash it and put it away. Cause I don't give a shit. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't care if this is clean or not like this clean enough, whatever, put it away. But when I find those moments of finding that dance with washing the dish, it's like, is it really clean? Like, let me look at it from this angle, that angle, shine the light around the plate. Oh, there's a little bump I didn't see before. Let me get it out. It's like this sacred thing. You're like cleaning this object that you use to put food on to then serve to your body, your temple. Like a plate is like a sacred thing. You know, it's funny, but we don't ever think about that stuff. You know, it really (laughs) does. It does take a few experiences with psychedelics, at least for me, to tap into those uh, little moments and those little victories, you know, just, I clean this plate. Well, I feel content, you know, (laughs) a lot of people don't do that. And 
they're just kind of gripey, gro- you know, like grumpy. <laughs> yeah, gri- gripey, grumpy, all these things. And instead of being able to find the, the, the small amount of fun and ecstasy in even these small tasks we have to do, and you're not going to find it in every task, but just like try to daily, you know, just at least one or two daily. You don't have every task doesn't have to be filled with this super attention to detail and trying to find the small victory and trying to have a joyous experience, but at least do something daily, like one or two things where you get to feel that because otherwise you put your happiness into the future continuously and you never really reach it. If you can't find it in the now, you won't find it. Hmm. I need to add that to my job description, these things to remember to do, like even just yoga. And, you know, I work from home. I have, I make my own hours. I can do whatever I want to do. And for whatever reason, I'm like, nope, I don't have time to do that for one minute. Uh, 15 minutes. I just need to set aside 15 minutes for this, 15 minutes for that. And, you know, my life will be measurably better and, and, you know, sleep. And I was doing really well. And I just, I I feel like, like I said, maybe it was traveling or I don't know, but I'm a little off. So I got to find my center again. And that's why I was kind of asking you. And speaking of which, like, when do you know it's the right time to you know, partake in some medicines of, uh, you know, like it's always the right time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I really like to do it around. Um, there's a certain number of maps that you can use to kind of find a good time. And one of I, one of them I like to use is the Zolkin. Hmm. It's spelled kind of weird, but it's, uh, the ancient Mayan, uh, calendar. And, there are particular days that are high energy days where kind of a vortex is present and the Mm. veil is thin and they're Mm. not all the time. Um, they're sometimes you get a few of them in a row. Sometimes you'll get, you know, a handful of these in a row. Sometimes you'll get one or two a month, but then sometimes there's none for a month. And it's just a really interesting way. You know, I think people can find a map of, Kind of a spiritual teaching that allows you to kind of plan in advance when would be a good day. And uh, astrology is another one. I'm not um, superly uh, like attached to astrology. I do enjoy it, but it's not something I look up daily or weekly. I used to be way more into it. Um, you and I both actually took a class together on it. Mm-hmm. But vedic astrology and yeah and i i enjoy it uh, but i feel like i personally use vedic astrology more as a a map of who i am and my character and things that are important to me and once i kind of dialed that in i was like well i don't need to look at this every day now <laughs> you know like yeah. i i understand like you know my sun sign and my moon and my ascendant and how those major functions play out in my life like i don't need to look at every day this thing. So Mm -hmm. for astrology, I don't use it as much, but for people who do, um, you can really look at maybe when there's certain conjunctions or certain alignments 
where spiritual energy is present and say, hey, well, this would be a great day for a journey. And that thing, that intention, it really makes a big difference because when you're having this big realization on a psychedelic, which happens quite frequently, and you realize, and it's a portal day, oh shit, it gets even more powerful. Or if you're in a, someone into astrology, you might be like, and the moon is at full blast on me right now. Oh snap, I love the moon. You know, it's just it, those, yeah. that intention of setting a day because of a thing, it really actually plays a big role in the journey itself and allows you to unlock the spiritual dimension that exists within us all um, through these tools, psychedelics. Hmm. Yeah, we might need to get together offline on that because I'm ready. <laughs> but awesome. uh, I need to. It's been a. It's been about a quarter, three months. I'm feeling like a reset is in order, and I would like to know though that there was some kind of shift change in energy. Yeah. You know it. It reminds me of the show, The Last Airbender, and mm -hmm. there was like the night of the blood moon, and right. that was the night when all of the fire um, armies' powers were enhanced, you know, right. and everyone else's powers were diminished, and there. So to to think that that happens in reality is logical also because you have high tides and low tides and weather patterns and shifts and energies throughout the world consistently. Mm -hmm. And I guess like, you know, that would happen for us and our body. I know like I'm definitely something, I feel like a little, I'm not feeling, you know, the supreme optimum that I've ever been and, and primarily because of sleep, you know, I, I took like a nice hour and a half nap today. So it, mm -hmm. that was nice. So it took away that kind of tired feeling, but, um, mm -hmm. definitely just, you know, you know how it is. Like in anyone listening, you know, when you're like not, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, maybe it's just me. You're like off a little bit and you're not like on. Yeah. We can't be on all the time. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even get to choose when we're on. We just have yeah. to realize we're on when we're on and make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, um, there are things we can do to gear our life towards being on more. Yeah. But they're really tough things, though. They're really tough. They're going to sleep at 8 p.m. and waking up at 4 a.m. It's like, mm. but that's not a normal thing. We all know that's not normal, but. If you do that unnormal thing, you might find that between the hours of 4 a.m. and 9 a.m., you get more done than you did the past week if you do it, though. It's Crazy. Tough. What if it's you just even did that once a week? You yeah. know, I just thought of that as I said it, or as you said right. it. I was like, you know, right. like, just do it once a fucking week. Get up and, and knock out mm -hmm. a week's worth of work in four right. hours. 100%. And yeah. it's hard to do. And the rebuttal for that, because I have discussed that with some friends, and the rebuttal is, well, it's not good to knock your clock out of whack just for one day a week, you know. But at the same time, I don't know. So it's yeah. it's almost better to do that than to be off for a whole week, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But I guess what the ideal thing would to be is to reset your rhythm to do that almost all the time. But that's just Mm. a really tough thing. And you kind of have to live like a monk to do that. Mm. And that's not something that most American, you know, uh, entrepreneurs can afford. But we certainly try and experiment with our energy and do things. And I would rather have a slightly off circadian rhythm and be able to knock out a bunch of stuff that week than to have a perfect circadian rhythm, but just not be in my flow. So, Hmm. I don't know. Um, couple of things there, you know, old people tend to go to bed early and get up early and maybe they, in their years, uh, find that that's when they're optimal, you know, and that's, so that's what they, they go ahead and follow that pattern instead of some of us try to push, push on and stay up late and but then you have some people that stay up late and that's their jam and they're like more yeah. alive at night like my wife who stays up you know like right that's the sleep chronotype yeah. we all are different and we all yeah. have our own sleep schedule when we're on when we're off learning these things but it's not a bulletproof science you're not mm-hmm. always going to be on at night you know um yeah you're just mostly on at night and i know a lot of musicians work that way like I know Drake, you know, who I'm a fan of his music. I enjoy his lyrics. He always talks about he's up all night and he sleeps late. It's just, he's successful. You know what I mean? Yep. So you yep. don't have to be awake during the day to be successful. You don't. But, you know, for me and my chronotype, it is good to be up during the day because um, those night hours, I just am kind of sluggish and I'm kind of an early bird. I And I have found that through trial and error, you know, I did try to do the music thing, the music thing all night, and but I would always find that it didn't work for me. So mm. everyone has to kind of, and you, you can Google this thing called sleep chronotype test, and you can kind of more or less find out what area you're most active in and when you should be prioritizing your your top level task list. You know, the hardest things you do. When should you do them? Is it first thing in the morning? Is it in the evening? Is it in the middle of the night at 3 a.m.? You know, everyone's different. Yeah, I find mine is, you know, like 9 to 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Personally, that's like. Yeah, I love that. That's very similar to me. And yeah. I will say those early hours when I can do it, and I used to be more in that uh, rhythm of waking up at 4 and 5, those feel good because the world is quiet and people aren't calling, people aren't texting, people aren't even posting really that you know. So there's really no fresh content to go look at on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. There's really, you know, no one going to be walking in or knocking on your door or calling you or bugging you. So you really get this just like, oh, it's just me. It's really just me right now. And when it's just you, you can kind of find um, the inspiration and the energy to make those moves that we need to make as entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I feel like you're more maybe in tune with the signal from the universe because everyone else is asleep and that, and you know, and you know, that can kind of segue into something we were wanting to, wanting to kind of talk about, which was mm-hmm. synchronicity. hundred percent. And I've, go ahead. I've been talking, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about synchronicity because I keep finding it popping up, 
it's a real thing. It's, it's very much apparent to me and it didn't used to be it. And it's just really intriguing me right now, but I actually have a little excerpt, uh, from artsofthought.com where they kind of explain what synchronicity is. And it was a term, um, it was a term coined by Carl Jung and I'll just start reading here. Synchronicity is a word coined by Swiss psychologist Carl Jung to describe seemingly coincidental yet meaningful events in the external world that do not have an obvious cause. Jung believed that many occurrences labeled as coincidences are not actually due to chance. Instead, he believed that these occurrences are directly related to the observer's mind and serve to provide powerful insight, direction, and guidance. Mm. I love that. Um, I'm going to read a little more here, um, which is signs of synchronicity. Have you ever been thinking of someone and then they called you the next minute or dreamt of finding something precious that you lost and find it a few days later? According to Young, these are examples of synchronicity. Synchronicity can be observed in everyday life. It just takes a keen eye to observe it. For example, if you desire to have a relationship with the love of your life, you may be introduced to people that lead you in the direction of him or her. And each instance in meeting someone is an event of synchronicity that is pointing you towards your goal. So synchronicity can aid in awakening you to find your full potential and serve as a guide of getting in touch with your inner self. Um, and lastly, Young suggests that one's ability to recognize synchronicity can be trained and improved upon. This comes from heightened awareness and an ability to catch and analyze different circumstances that you find yourself in. If you're able to develop an increased ability to recognize synchronicity in everyday events, you will uncover all kinds of motivation to propel you on your path towards success. Through synchronicity, it is possible to uncover new ideas, meet significant people, and open doors to a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life. And I can't agree more, personally. Well, there is there are stories you know, throughout history of omens um, mm -hmm. that are signs from above leading you down your path. There's a great book called The Alchemist by Pablo Coelho. Yep. Will Smith actually recommended that to me personally through a YouTube video I was watching. And he was like, it's a short read. Check it out. It's real good. And it, you know, and it just... It, details the journey of a boy who um you know is trying to just find his treasure and down on mm -hmm. his journey there's omens and and you you know it's like you can ignore them or you can follow them and see where they take you right it, it, a lot of people are closed off to them i think you know or or can maybe even kind of explain them away and, and, and explain them away so that they don't have to go down that path, that journey, that mission, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, 
their What's life. funny though is they're explaining away something that would actually really help them if they harnessed it. Yeah. So they're like they're like, yeah. So this isn't helpful for for me at all. Actually, <laughs> I'm deciding that this really big coincidence means nothing. It's not helpful to me. Yeah. But like, why do that? Like, I don't get why people would prefer to do that. And maybe they don't prefer. It's just their default, their automatic, you know, whatever school or their parents or, you know, their upbringing programmed into them is that these little things that would be awesome to believe meant something, they don't. But Mm -hmm. like an example of synchronicity to me was a few weeks ago when I had planned on a day to do a plant medicine journey. That morning breakfast ended up being $7.77. And I'm just like, it's a sign. Okay, it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sign. I'm on. I'm in. I'm in line. And like, why not take it as a sign? Like, I know that people can just say, "Oh, yeah, whatever." You may, you know, like it's just a coincidence. But on a day that when I was kind of hopeful for an affirmation, one came. I will take that. I will take well, that. Well, like, and, and if your change had been six six six, you might have. Right. Said, hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's not a good day today. Yeah. Right. right. Well, uh, that's funny that you say that. And I wasn't sure if I should mention this. And I think there's a lot of people that do this. So I, I won't feel so bad about it. But, um, you know, like taking si- uh, messages from numbers and things like that. And there was a time in my life where I don't do it nearly as much, but I would look at the clock a lot and it would be either like uh, 7.34 or 11.34 upside down meant hell to me, right? Mm-hmm. So if I look right. at the clock and it says hell upside down or whatever, whatever it was that I was thinking about doing at that moment, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Now, the flip side was sell, which was like 7.35 or seven uh, or 11.35, Mm-hmm. For whatever it meant, like I, I correlated it to the stock market, and this is how the mind works. And I think we're a little bit crazy, but <laughs> sell meant you're winning. I don't know, sell on top. Sell means do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. whatever I was thinking of, if it was eleven thirty-five, I was like, "Well, it says to do it." <laughs> right. No, but there's no right way of yeah you know, perceiving reality. Everyone is entitled to their own way of doing it and creating um, those experiences for themselves. And someone might not see the same numbers as me or you, but they get the same message. Maybe to someone they love 555, where that number meant something good to them. Now, when they catch it on the clock and they're thinking about something they want to do, maybe it means go ahead and do it. You know, and if you don't, maybe you even have a bad one, like 6.66. If that, if I had my breakfast had been that, I might have said, hmm, this is maybe it's leading to maybe it's a sign that it's not such a good day to do this thing, actually. And it's okay to be open to that. I think the fear of most people is that um, you start to get overly caught up in all that stuff. And if you get overly caught up in all these signs, it can become a deterrent uh, to progress because instead all you're doing is reading signs. You're not doing <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. Um, 
but you have to lines out of everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be able to balance and do things and take these, um, little signs and, and run with them, but actually do some work though. You can't just read the signs all day and not do anything. Yeah. Um, well, like this one example that kind of sticking out at the moment about something, I was like dating this girl and every time I look at the clock, it's fucking 1134 and it was hell. Like, mm-hmm. and it was happening all the time yeah. and it was like driving me crazy. And, and like, I, I broke up with, you know, I broke up with her a couple, few mm-hmm. times actually. And then it was finally over, but the, right. it was like, I couldn't not interpret it that way is like this is too weird yeah it keeps happening kind of like your soul speaking to you or even just something deep down within you trying to help you affirm what you know which is this relationship isn't working yeah you know it's like you know somewhere deep down this relationship is not working but it takes a sign that you can register in your conscious mind repeatedly to bring it up in you it's like the ladder of the subconscious to the conscious are these signs. And what's in the subconscious is something that you know deep down, you know on a spirit level, you know in your highest form, but you don't know just on a normal day. So these signs are pointing you to look at what you know deeply and remember that act on this, you know, and in that example, it was this relationship is not working. But the weird thing is, like these days, I never see either of those two uh, numbers, which is fine. You know, maybe that was just trying to get me to where I am now, which is in a pretty fucking sweet spot, I might say. I'm looking okay. out at treetops, <laughs> uh, sunset, mountain, blue sky, yep. and. Uh, having a conversation with my brother, like something that, you know, it's something that it's like something we don't do like we should anymore. And it is just a a form of meditation as well. A good conversation, a focused conversation that's not distracted all, you know, and I'm, I'm on my computer, but, I'm looking out into this landscape that is tremendous. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's like moving art because there's this like fog floating over the tops of the trees, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. <clears throat> and, yeah, well, and, you had said that those numbers, yeah. you don't see them now, but you did before. Uh, and it was because at that time they served you and now they don't. Right. You know, yeah. you, you, it was trying to tell you something then that, that you're past now and you no longer need to be told. It's yeah. But I listened and, and it, you, like you said earlier also about like how you interpret it, you know, is up to you. Some one person might interpret this one number in a certain way and another number, whatever it is, but like mm-hmm. it's your mind translating those numbers into the message you know the, you know what i'm saying like pay attention yep. to it right check like think about it don't explain mm-hmm. it away especially if it keeps happening mm-hmm. um and sometimes these opportunities 
come and go and they're gone and like you know that's for each individual i know for in in our case in sheath and that whole getting it going and off the ground i was in the army you know i was full-time you know like doing that whole thing and you were still maybe in where were you coming out of high school or where yeah were you at? yeah so, i was like 17 18 yeah and so i feel like you know you had this ambition and i was already kind of settling into the role of life through you know that we all can get caught up in just you know the, the grind and paying the bills and stuff and and i was doing good blah 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 army life not so bad i definitely recommend it to some people uh talk to me if you want to <laughs> but um you know so but like if i i wasn't acting on it for a while until but you kept telling me to do it and so that you know sometimes it's in the form yeah. of a person telling I, you i yeah it is i think for me what it was back then and even previous to that is this concept of dream big you know like mm -hmm. if you have an idea dream it to be the biggest form of that idea it could possibly be that's what i do like automatically like Ooh. some part of me if someone pitches me an idea i don't just hear uh the idea where it's at and it stops there. I hear the grandest version, the most magnificent, most robust, epic version of the idea that, that, that they're saying. Mm. And then I can then repeat to them, oh, so like make the best underwear company of all time? <laughs> you know? <laughs> because you said, I have new underwear. So I hear... I want to make the best underwear company of all time. And I just say, Oh, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. And then we just bounce that off of each other because that's just what my mind does. It, it dreams big. And I think it started with music for me because I would look up to musicians doing amazing things, just absolutely killing it on a performance in front of a stadium. It's like, I could dream big that I could do that because I would witness it being done in front of me and not feel this massive gap between me and that person. So many people kind of put a, a performer on a pedestal and say, I could never do that. But for me, for some reason, I was like, wait, he's doing it? I mm -hmm. could do it, right. you know? Yeah. So it's just this concept of, of dreaming big is something that I just, that's a gift I think I have and happy to share it with people. It's, it's an honor, you know? And I think that's all I did was help remind to dream big that's just that's it i love it it worked and it's contagious um you know and, and that resonated with you seeing those musicians on stage you know living out probably their dream and most men's dream probably you know mm -hmm. standing on stage in front of a bunch of screaming fans <laughs> All um, right. but you know and but I watched comedians and I, you know, I saw them being funny and doing their thing, but that never, well, I wouldn't say never because ultimately it kind of stood out to me a little bit and I tried it. But you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't like, I want to do that. Like that mm -hmm. didn't stick out to me, but it did 
to like Joe Rogan and some of these guys tell their story and they were like, you are telling jokes and getting <laughs> paid. I, I want to do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just like, because maybe a lot of people's minds are, don't necessarily work like that, or at least everyone is different, obviously, you know, and so something else might speak to them, like this building that they see, that they say to themselves, I could build something like that, you know, or whatever. Right. You have to start with something to get anywhere. You can't think, you know, that the you get inspired by this big company and think from day one, your company has to be that big. Mm -hmm. like, so many people will say, I couldn't do Nike because I don't have millions of dollars. Right. But mm -hmm. it's like, but you don't, you're not going to start where Nike's at now on day one. Exactly. <laughs> you have to start with one pair of shoes. Oh, How much is that? A hundred bucks, bro. Come on, spend the money. You know, I need to go through my photo albums and because the, I was, I on career day the one I, the only one I can remember, I was a, a president of a company. I remember that, and I because mm, I, I wore like a suit and tie. So I guess, you know, of all the choices, that's what I chose. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you do a good job, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's very it fun. And I have, a, you know, we have a pretty sweet team and culture that's unique kind of and i don't know how unique it is really with the way things are shifting but you know we've been doing it for a while and going sort of against the grain of modern company mm -hmm. uh just organization you know as far as right. physical locations and stuff we've always been through the ether you know we're yeah it's weird how I think by following synchronicity really mm -hmm. and listening to what the universe was putting in front of us as the path to take, we were ahead when this pandemic hit. We were ahead by being behind, huh. if that made sense. Yeah, because, by being late. Yes, because yeah. essentially what I'm explaining is that we kind of felt this sense that we weren't doing it yet because we weren't in these physical stores and we didn't have this mall presence. And it turns out that's not where the future is going to be. And we never wasted any money on doing that. And yeah. that puts us in an advantage. Well, so, I said by being late, I mean by like being early, like we were early in a way because uh, the internet was still pretty young and we came in at a, pr uh, you know, I guess it, earlier the better but at a pretty yeah but now time. we exactly and now we know well that that wouldn't have been the goal anyway like we wouldn't have wanted a mall presence because it's all going online yeah so it's something we probably would have just wasted a ton of time and money and resources and energy on that we didn't need to do based on where the future would take us and that's just a really interesting thing that really yeah. when you yeah pay attention to these little signs and you sometimes you might feel like they're not even taking you to the right place, you end up in the right place. And you're like, wait, I'm glad I had the faith. I'm glad I trusted. I'm glad we kept it up and didn't feel like we failed because we weren't in Target. We could have said, oh, close the company. We're not in Target. Close it. You know, and then yeah. wouldn't have been primed for this. We're failures. Yeah. <laughs>
we're not good enough to get in the store. Nobody's accepting us. We right. take it straight to the people. We right. stick and the middleman. That's man. what they want now. Yeah. They don't want to go, you know, and maybe they do, some people, but I feel like it is obviously the future that the majority of people are going to be ordering online. It's, yeah. You know, even groceries now. Like, you get yeah. your groceries delivered now. It's just – part of where it's heading you know yeah, the only thing there's there's that. things though there's things like shoes for me because i bought these shoes online and I, my feet are right. slipping around in there and true, i like true. to go in try the shoe on suits but underwear you can't try it on anyways i mean when you right. like you and i have gone over this but it's yeah. like and you can't really return it any you know we take right. it in, but <laughs> right it's one of those things yeah you can't try on you can't return you just kind of go with your size and then you know luckily we get the sizes pretty damn good yeah so it's, it's awesome. the perfect it's like the perfect product for selling online it's like relatively small it's light you can put them in the, the, the envelopes the packaging we get from our distribution we're going way off in this weird tangent and i'll bring it back around in a second but they fit right in like a glove our packaging yeah. fits in their packaging and then you know, it's in the mail. It's like the it's a synchronicity, if you will. Something, everything fits together. Real, it's a really convenient business to run online and fun. As right. as it as it turns out, we get to right. be creative. I'm drawing stuff. You're making videos. What you've been doing since you were a kid. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we get to do comedy. We get to. We could even throw music in there and. You yeah. know, there's so many ways to express our creativity through this product that is, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, you know. It is. actually makes the world a better place. There you, you go. Know? It actually does because we actually solve a real problem. And we know it by the reviews, the testimonials, just our own experiences. We know we solve a problem. And that problem is what goes on in men's underwear of the past. It just was unevolved. It mm -hmm. was just archaic. And like it's just, yeah, this is solving the problem. And therefore, we're doing the service of making the world a more comfortable, better place, like truly. So even though some people can look at business as a way of making money, I like to look at business as a way of offering service and a way of providing value to the world um and Dude, that's something that we do that is something we do and i love this you know and th th everyone listening if you made it this far i like this because it's like this happens and so what i'm seeing here is the evolution of underwear and it starts off with like the loincloth and then it goes to something else and then it goes to like the whitey tidy and then the boxer brief and then you have sheath kind of like you know the evolution of man where you have the whatever neanderthals mm -hmm. and slowly getting like evolved i'd like i mean we've we've only ever said like a the revolution of underwear or something but like <laughs> explaining that as unevolved and ours as evolved i think i just it's just an interesting angle for marketing mm -hmm. and yeah. So that just happened, and, and it is everything evolves. Look at the old cars, and look at Teslas. Whew. Like oh, one, dude. one I'm came by to... me the other day, and I couldn't even hear it. I was like dumbfounded. 
I was going to go today, but we're going to go tomorrow. There's a Tesla dealership, and I feel like mm-hmm. it's time. I'm just going to go. Yeah. I was, well, I drove Madison to college um, in Stacy's Subaru with like a four cylinder. It's so slow. And I would pull over um, to like pee. And I was actually doing, I was doing some Wim Hof breathing while I was driving. It says not to do that. So I'd pull over mm-hmm. and, uh, during the whole breath holding part. Right. And um, then every time I had to speed up, I was like, Jesus, this thing will not get off the ground mm-hmm. whatever you know so and i was like if i had a tesla i could be yeah. zipping zip, zip, and oh, i don't know that, yeah it's fast uh, you know and then I, i'm gonna go look at them tomorrow though just cool we enjoy it yeah when i was actually in austin last night and i ended up walking to a store um nearby just to get some topo chico and a little snack and it's funny because actually like a, a mercado and i had never I don't think said that word before, but it's a Mexican market, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm uh, going to the Mercado, and me and my girlfriend were laughing about it. But Mercado. Um, yeah, a Tesla like pulled up to the light while I was waiting to cross, and I, it was like no sound. It was like it was hovering. Weird. Because there's no engine, and even the wheels themselves were quiet. And then when he took off to go, it was just like dead silent, and I was just dumbfounded. He also wasn't listening to music, so it was just dead quiet. You know, if he had been blasting music, I would have at least heard that through the car. But because he was just driving in silence, it was like this little, almost nothing came by. It was just like a floating guy. (laughs) So quiet. Mm -hmm. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by soapcorner.com. It's a Kratom company. So Kratom. And if you've never tried it, don't worry about it. It's not for you. But if you know what Kratom is, it's like an herbal opioid, and it's available um, through good friends of ours over at Soap Corner. And it's really high quality. I tried it myself. Guy goes straight to Indonesia and buys it directly from the farmers. I've seen right. him there and uh, brings it back. Super high quality. Lots of different options the red, the green, the white. Check it out soapcorner.com. Promo code SHEATH15. Save you. 15%. This uh, episode is also brought to you by some other good friends of ours over at Ohana Kava Bar. I don't know if you've ever tried Kava, but mm-hmm. it is a, yeah, you've tried tried it, Matt. And, it. Uh, yeah, it's good. And he just went online. He uh, It's at ohanakavabar.com. It's not the best tasting drink, but it is a, a relaxant. Uh, they call it an herbal Xanax. And it makes you feel relaxed and happy, calm. It's from the Fijian Islands or uh, that whole kind of region of the world. It's a root from the South Pacific. And so it's a natural herb, that you, uh, root that you drink and gives you a semi-euphoric effect. Try it for yourself if you want. Um, ohanakapabar.com, promo code sheath. 10 will save you 10%. Uh, the good friends of ours, so support them. They support us. You support them. Everybody wins. So bringing it back, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're here in the now. Yeah. Talking about synchronicity. What do yeah. you got? What do you what do you, what do you got going on? Upcoming. I 
Um, well, I do have another note on synchronicity. Yeah, talk to me. Which is, uh, again, on artsofthought.com. And it just says it's a personal application. So this is how to apply synchronicity to your life. And Sweet. it says, if you are interested in witnessing synchronicity for yourself, you can increase the frequency of synchronistic events by setting and pursuing goals. Whatever your goal, whatever your goal may be, it needs to be heartfelt and fully worthy of your pursuit. If you are able to cultivate a burning desire to achieve that goal, you will find that signs will be pointing you down a path of achieving that goal. This may come in the form of people you meet, unusual but related occurrences, and flashes of insight. Goals. It, yeah, it really reminds me of uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich as well. Yeah, the universe will open the doors to your dreams if you just kind of persist mm -hmm. setting, by setting those goals. It tells the universe what you want. I do. I like that. Yeah, and those signs will point you in the direction of where your goal is. Right. So, especially if it's heartfelt and you're full and a and a goal fully worthy of your pursuit. So if it's just this kind of like meh thing, mm -hmm. like you're probably not going to get a lot of synchronicities pointing you towards that. But if you have maybe this grand idea, like this big idea, this invention, this, this idea for a new business or a new service, and it feels heartfelt and you can feel it in your being that it's like calling you, Mm -hmm. That is something to go towards. And then synchronicity, you know, more often than not will appear and show you, yep, this is the direction. This is the way. Keep going. And that really happened for me because I guess I've been making film since I was like five years old using, mm -hmm. you know, my dad's handy cam. And then I even started making movies like my own almost uh, shortened version of movies. Um, I watched Independence Day when I was like six or something. And then I was like, okay, I want to make Independence Day. So I like wrote on a piece of paper Independence Day and then I filmed it for like two, two minutes or whatever, you know, as the intro or probably like 20 seconds. And then I would stop filming and then I would film the first scene. And really what I was doing was just like the parts I liked of the movie yeah. And in a super fast forwarded, ver you know, cause I wasn't going to do every character and every thing that happens, but I probably did like a five minute version of my favorite parts of the independence day movie. Oddly enough, I remember doing it with the Patriot with Mel Gibson as well. Wow. I made, do you have those? I'm, I'm sure they're somewhere. We got to dig them up. We got to dig them up. But yeah. That's so fun. I like, yeah, I made like a five minute version of the Patriot and me and my friends had a bunch of fake guns or something and you know we just we yeah i don't even really remember it but i do remember doing it um and then turns out you know through my years of filming i would be introduced to a filmmaker um and not just any filmmaker one that made one of the most powerful films about psychedelics ever and that's mitch schultz dmt the spirit molecule and it it had to be synchronicity yeah. guiding me towards meeting a mentor who has made a film that has affected the world. And, yeah. you know, through working with him, 
learning more and more about direction and pro video stuff that otherwise, you know, you have to go to school for and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for, or be lucky enough to end up on sets and be willing to learn. But, you know, through meeting him and just, you know, um, interning and doing free work and learning on the side and it being like a good relationship, good friendship and, um, synchronicity led me to be a professional filmmaker and editor. It's crazy because it, it honestly is what I do for work. And that means I'm professional. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm not making like $2 million, $10 million, $100 million movies, but you're on like some credits and some uh, movies. I am actually. Yeah. And that's really cool actually. So I am involved in a couple of those really expensive films, but even just, you know, five minute, 10 minute vlogs and stuff, it's still video, it's still editing, it's still directing, it's just where I'm at now. And who's to say where I'll be 20 years from now? Um, but I don't know, it's definitely been synchronicity guiding the way for me, unlocking like these next levels to uh, learn how to operate within and then unlock the next level after that. And it just keeps going. And if we're enjoying the journey, then all is well. Do you ever see yourself making a movie like a doc, anything? Maybe oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I have so many in mind that it's overwhelming, mm. but I did, um, make the sheath documentary Ooh. and that was really fun. And it was kind of like, you know, one of my first efforts of making something a little longer with more photos, with more soundtracking and that type of stuff. And I think even a better version of that is, is due and should come out in 2021, just like a, like an even, even more worked on version of born in the desert, um, which is the sheath documentary. And I think, this is a good time to remember that in this podcast and, and bring that project back up because it's, it was really so fun mm -hmm. to tell the story of Sheath because I do believe it's going to be a company that people will talk about for years to come and people will want to know uh, how did it start. Boom. Yeah, that's exciting. I feel like it was just a 15, like the first like chapter or you know yeah, a few couple exactly or something so there's a lot more yep. to add and um and releasing them in the like short bites i feel like can be beneficial for mm -hmm. audiences and then maybe we can combine it all you know right one day yeah like a couple chapters like four chapters and then we combine them all to make the full doc and then we can play it at a movie theater like we did with uh I'm shocked to awe, baby. Yep. Yeah. That was yep. that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, we got to participate in a feature film. Mm -hmm. What is that called? I don't even know. But yeah, a documentary premiere. Yeah. That was in, in a full fully, you know, professional setting. That was that was epic. You yeah, know, and experience. and one that like the people in the audience went away changed. <laughs> because you can't watch this movie and not be changed. Like, seriously, it's so good. Everyone check out From Shock to Awe. And it's really just about these veterans who are suffering from PTSD because of their army and, you know, military experience, and they couldn't kind of turn it off. They kind of felt like there were intruders 
at every corner and that they could be shot at any time where they're just, you know, alone in their house or making breakfast or something. And they couldn't turn that off. And they were able to work with the uh, two medicines, one plant and one man-made, which are ayahuasca and MDMA, to be able to reset the patterns in their brains to come down to a more baseline state than to be on edge in this way. And um, I think it's kind of obvious that these are not miracle cures and you don't take ayahuasca once and you're fully healed, but these are medicines that can create lasting change for at least months or up to a year. And that is way better than living with some something that really doesn't let you find happiness day to day. Yeah, I think the insights can be life-changing and you know that's not they're maybe not permanent but if you you know if it was legal and it was something that you could go get a refresher session in every six months i think that would be something worth examining and i know there's maps uh, multidisciplinary something association for psychedelic studies (laughs) yeah that's a hard one. I, at least I got the first one right. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest one to say. I know. But, I it up. but yeah, they're more or less about to get MDMA legal for therapists to use. It's not going to be legal to go buy at the head shop, but it's going to be legal for you to go to a uh, certified therapist and they can give you a session where they uh, dive deep into your trauma and heal you using this medicine mdma you're not going to be dancing and at a rave and sweating away you're going to be laying on a couch and that's the way these medicines need to be used because you know sure you can have a great night running around you know uh dehydrating yourself and Mm -hmm. running your chemicals super dry and then you have a hangover the next day and whatever but that's not going to happen if you're with eye shades on a couch you know what i mean so and you're just speaking to a counselor and that's what this is going to be able to do and with minimal side effects, if any. And um, it's going to help people heal from their trauma because you don't have to have been in the military to have PTSD. People walking around PTSD all day just from, you know, a past girlfriend, a freaking a fight they had with their dad 10 years ago. Like people have PTSD from everything. It's not just that people think that you had to like, yeah, go through some crazy thing in Iraq or Afghanistan to, to have that. No, we all need healing. Yeah. Every, this whole country could use a little dosage in my opinion. Cause then, I mean, I've done it not in that therapeutic setting, but you know, in a, I guess a party setting and there's a lot of love in that chemical that is, you know, reminded to you through the experience, like it, when it all we boil it down to the simplicity of life, it's like what we need most mm-hmm. is love, you right. know, besides the food and water and whatnot and shelter. But you know what I'm saying? Like that's mm-hmm. what we crave. And I think when we're acting out in ways that are less than honorable, we're probably lacking that, Mm-hmm. in our life to uh acceptable right. extent you know like i have all this love 
you know, from every, all, you know, my, all everyone, you know, and maybe it's because I give it, you know, and it comes back to me and maybe because I have a positive mental attitude and it mm-hmm. attracts it. Um, right. And there's no way I would want to get all crazy because I, I would, that would throw away everything that I have potentially. So I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. it's very valuable and you wouldn't want to throw it away. Right. That's it. And another big thing these medicines teach about love that's really hard for some people to even wrap their minds around, but it's love yourself. Love yourself like you love your girlfriend. If you're able to love yourself, you can kind of say, would I, would I want this for someone I love? Would I want this thing I'm doing to myself, you know, beating up myself? Would I want my girlfriend to beat herself up all day? No, I wouldn't because I love her. And that would hurt me if she did that. Look at you, <laughs> you know, it's a tough one, but if you can crack that, honestly, so much good can come from that. So much healing and personal abundance and wealth. And that doesn't even mean money. It means, you know, what you have in your life daily can come from that. And these medicines can show you that. So. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I want to, I need to do another, like for me, I'll do mushrooms and that's, that's pretty solid. You know, I've done DMT. Very interesting. I wouldn't say I love it. I was going to say love it. I do kind of love it, but uh, you know, it's just, I, I feel like I'm good for that. Mm-hmm. I might do it again one day, you know, but not, but like the mushrooms in my opinion are pretty similar as far as kind of like, eh, whatever the overall message and stuff. And uh, MDMA would love to do that. Mm-hmm. I, and from time to time, they, there's a lot of negative kind of stereotypes about how it can cause depression and, and brain damage and things. But I think under these settings that you're talking about, it's probably pretty safe. Yeah. And it'll be illegal too. Yeah. Like literally in the next year. So there will be no fear of having to meet some shady guy or whatever it is, you know, so it'll be very professional. And I think that will get rid of a lot of the stereotype and stigma. Dude. Um, but it was also that a lot of these people that ended up with brain issues were combining it with nine other things that they're not talking about. And <laughs> so anyway, that's just like, I just feel like it gets a bad rap when it's probably one of the least bad things that's going on with it. It was probably more so the alcohol that people drank on MDMA that gave them a brain issue. Whereas if they had known to not drink and Mm. not take other substances with it, they probably would have had zero side effects or at least, you know, close to close to none. But people don't aren't informed on what not to do and what to do on these substances and all they hear is the stories of uninformed people using them in, in bad ways. And they think that's what it is and that's what it does. Nope, that's not what it is and that's what it does. Those people use it that way and that was the results they got. Yeah. But if you look at smart people and the way that they use it smartly, uh, it's quite different. The results are very different and they mm. get very different outcomes. And most of them are successful, beautiful people, you know? So, Mike Cooley... Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, one thing he was the, one of the stars in from shock to Ob. what I was just thinking though, was the direction we're going legalizing some of these things. If 
technology can couple with the medication mm-hmm. where you get like in a VR goggle kind of whole virtual reality system, mm-hmm. take, take the medicine and it could like enhance mm-hmm. the experience in some sort of way. I'm sure somebody's going to work on that. You're, yeah, we're probably working on it already, like yeah, right now as we're speaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be a trip, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is a real thing. Um, <clears throat> VR is going to be the future, but I don't think it's going to be. At least I hope not. I don't think it's going to be all we do. <laughs> right. I think we're going to have still this world, but I do think it's going to become, you know a touchstone or something that people do probably daily. It's just going to be a better way to engage in entertainment. You know, so for example, you want to watch the basketball game. Why not be at the basketball game? Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just watching on a 2d screen, you're literally there and it looks like you're there and you probably had to pay a little ticket, you know, like three 99, you get this row, but Hey, you're fucking there in the comfort of your home. And I think that is going to happen and going to come. Um, but it'll be more like how we watch a movie. You know, it won't be, we're going to live in VR. At least I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I could see that being kind of cool, but a little weird if you're with your wife or something and you just go. Well, they would put the goggles on and you would yeah. see each other there too. And uh, not only that, but you create your avatars. Mm. So you look the way you want to look and you could try on different hats and hey do you like this hat you know it's just this little uh, fun game you know interesting <laughs> i think that's what they're working on is they're, they want to make us these digital avatars being able to go to all these sports games or you know go to the movie theater or whatever it may be through vr means and it's gonna get probably pretty damn close to real looking i mean when i even watch the new like PS five footage of people playing sports. I'm like from far away. I'm like, what y'all watching? And they're like, no, we're playing. And I'm like, Oh shit. You know, it looks real. Yeah. I saw some commercial the other day and I was like, is that a game or is that a guy? What is that? You know? Right. I, I literally thought it was real for a second. I was kind of mm-hmm. far away. Yeah. I was like in the kitchen, but it genuinely looked, it genuinely looked like a real basketball game on tv (laughs) and it's just a video game so we'll be able to do that in simulation i'm sure yeah Mm -hmm. ufc i'll go to the ufc events i guess i would like to go in person hopefully this whole corona blows over but that would be a good alternative if Mm -hmm. you know it you know if it never got better which it will and because you know, one of my the guys I listen to, uh, one of these podcasters, just like, dude, we just need to accept it's a part of life and move on. Mm-hmm. And herd immunity and the whole deal, because we got to live the life. And I don't want to go to games in a virtual reality <laughs> goggle. I want to go and you know hear the crowd and right whatever, drink a beer. So. That's what I'm. That's what I'm putting out to the universe for what I'm wanting. Hopefully that. Yeah. Yeah, good. I think that'll stay around to some extent. They're just gonna like need to check our foreheads or something. Like I think that they're, um, as far as like thermometer right, and right. fever and whatnot goes. But I I do think that you know the unfortunate reality 
that might actually be fortunate actually is that health is going to be looked at more seriously. Ah. Um, and that means you don't come into this setting if you're sick. You just don't. Whereas a lot of people previously would. They'd be like, well, I bought the damn ticket for 60 bucks. I'm going. Yeah. I don't care if I got a cold and a fever. I'm fucking going. But yeah. like now you're not going to be able to. They're literally going to say you can't come in. Just like a metal detector. If you try to bring something metal in, they're going to catch it. Well, now they're going to catch that you got a fever, bro. So you can't come in. So while that seems like maybe an unfortunate thing that they're going to be pretty anal on, you know, this health thing, it might actually be good for humanity to take its health a little more seriously. And in fact, uh, I was seeing people post recently about how um, the majority of people dying are obese from COVID and it's exposing how much of a problem obesity is. And that's a good thing to look at. We need to not be obese as a nation. Agreed. I think we could lose a few pounds. This fucking excess. We have excess everything, mm-hmm. especially food. And if there's such a wasteful nature to it because it's hard to gauge how much you're going to eat and portion it all out. I was thinking and hypothesizing like if everything was kind of just like blended up and you only ate through a straw and you'd kind of like just sucked it out of the refrigerator. It wouldn't go bad and you wouldn't <laughs> waste any cause you'd only like suck out what you wanted, what you needed. And then, <laughs> cause there's just a lot of waste and, and from all that waste, you know, we're talking about the re, you know, just resources in general, you know, like mm-hmm. what if we didn't waste a third of the food that we produce um, mm-hmm. that, and therefore we could produce a lot less and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, then you right. be drinking smoothies all the time, but it could be good. Yeah. There's this, that brings up an interesting concept about programming your food, which mm. I do believe, and I don't do this every time, but I do believe if you do take the time to um, program something you're about to eat or drink with good feelings. Ooh. It literally brings you good feelings. I'm going to do that for um, dinner tonight. You're talking about like kind of like a prayer, but like... It's all, you know, like that's the closest thing I think most people will think of, but it doesn't have to be that. Mm-hmm. It can just be, I thank this food for providing me abundance and clarity. Thank you, food. And then you eat it. Mm. And that's it. It can be that simple. But if you really mean that and you kind of really put your attention and focus on looking at the food. When you say that in your mind or even say it aloud, something happens, you know, maybe it's placebo, maybe the food picks up your intention thought wave vibrations and nurtures you a little better as it enters your system. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. All I know is it seems to work and I like it. So when I do remember to do it, I do it with wine, for example, I will kind of almost, you know, say a prayer or, or put something into it the way they do at church. And I mm-hmm. think they do put something into it that, that does something for people just by the whole mass and the whole ritual and the whole setting and ceremony of it. And they're raising it to the sky. I love to raise my glass to the sky and say, thank you, wine, you know, for providing me with prosperity health and abundance. And then I drink some wine, you know, or I could drink anything that way, juice or whatever. It's like, if you can remember to kind of 
put that in, like what you put in improves what you get out. Yeah, no, that's a great lesson or just message and reminder to program your food. I mean, like people yeah. have been doing it for these, you know, ages. You see, you go to eat with someone and then you see them pray and do the cross and you're like, why is he doing that? Maybe he's getting something out of it. And also why have people been doing it for the longest time? And, uh, okay. you know, why do they do that to the, the bread and the wine at church? Because it's programming something. And I, you know, I'm going to, I mean, it's worth a try, mm-hmm. try it for a week or, and see. It if can't it, hurt. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to hurt. Yeah, I can't hurt. And I think it's just a reminder to be grateful for this thing. Um, I'm sure people, you know, will get a bottle of wine and bring it home and pop it and, and pour it and just drink immediately. And that's cool. But like, if you were to really open it slowly as like a little bit of an art form and pour it with some grace, you know what I mean? Like, check the legs on it, smell it before you drink it, like enjoy it a little more. And then at the same time, put in some gratefulness or intention into that wine. What do you want from it? You know, you could even say what you genuinely want from it. Thank you wine for making me loose and happy tonight. You know, like you could just say the real, the very real reason why you're drinking it which is to freaking like chill out or whatever. Thank you mm-hmm. wine for helping me chill out. And then it helps you chill out even better. And then, or you could, you know, like I like to say these like a little more profound ones, you know, thank you for abundance or thank you for prosperity or health because wine does have an aspect of health. Um, there are health benefits to it. I'm not if overdone, but um, a certain amount of wine is healthy mm-hmm. and why not? Because this is a sacred thing. Like wine is sacred and it can be used um, for good reason, not just to escape or whatever. Totally. Yeah. It has some calming, you know, everyone knows the benefits to the heart and mm-hmm. that. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a proponent. If I had to choose from all the drinks, I'd like a nice, glass of red wine something maybe a pinot noir um i'm gonna have a margarita tonight i'm gonna have some fajitas and margaritas with my lady awesome little date night and i'm gonna bless the food and the drink and have a good night you know thank you for making me loose and happy i like that yeah Uh, so Totally. Gonna have a good good night. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time coming Mm -hmm. on the podcast. I know we did a crossover. You guys can check check me out on when when's your when when your season comes out. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be out in the next few weeks. So yeah, check it out. ZN Archive on everywhere you hear podcasts. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, I think that was a good one. That was a good, lots of insights, lots of positive messages. That's what we do here. Thank you everyone for joining. Uh, They're just going to get better. I think I'm getting better at doing it and just honing in the focus, you know, Mm -hmm. staying connected 
being in the now, sharing that with you guys. Thank you for joining us. Support our sponsors. They're really it's good product. If you're a fan of those things, you know, the Kava and the Kratom, Ohana Kava Bar and soapcorner.com. Of course, we're also sponsored by sheathunderwear.com. It's, uh, you know, it's all love here. So spreading the love. More to come. Have a good week. We'll be back next week with a new guest. And, uh, we'll, and we'll have you back on soon, Matt. Thank you. Thank you again for joining. If you Thank have anything you. else you'd like to share, go ahead. Follow me on Snapchat. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, check out timewheel.net. That's where we offer all of our visionary music. And the fr- those are uh, the visionary music of my friends and I and our collective. And it's, it's pretty cool. And you can find other podcasts there as well. We put a lot of love into that. So just check out timewheel.net. And thanks for having me. This has been great. All right, cool. Yeah, and follow us on YouTube, Sheath Underwear. And you're on, are you, do you have a Time Wheel YouTube? We do. Yeah, Time Wheel's on YouTube. Check us out. Yeah, follow us and then you'll see more of our good shit. All right, people, we're out. We're out.